All right, Jabosai, good morning. Let us begin. A lot to do today, Baruch Hashem, an incredible, incredible dot ahead of us, ahead of us today. Want to begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors. Sorry. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of ER. Yonah and Shushi Ehrenfeld for dedicating all the Sherman Drushovs this month in memory of Yonah's grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsor, Jack Bennett, for dedicating the learning this week in memory of Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport of the Givati Brigade, who was killed in, a, in Lebanon in Hezbollah ambush on February 7th, 1998. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama have an Aliyah and his family in Nechama. And we thank our Dafiomi sponsors, Zevi and Shoshi Daniel, for dedicating the shir today in the Zechus of Shlema for Yaakov ben Chava Rachel. We hope that he, together with Kol Choli Yisrael, have a complete and enduring refuah. And we'll say we have an anonymous dedication today in honor of the 73rd anniversary of the founding of the State of Israel and in celebration of Yom Ha'atzma'ot. We hope that just as we have been Zohar Hashem to see the not the beginning, because it's not the beginning. The, the Baruch Hashem, the process of Geula has been occurring since the first day that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. But Halavai, we should be zocha that the additional steps that we saw in the Hakama Sanadina and the beautiful actualization and revitalization of our ancestral homeland will Amir Hashem continue day after day. And Halavai, we should be zocha to the Geula Shlema, Mihir Rabbi Amenu. Amen. We'll say with that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. Today's daf is daf Dalid. Daf Dalid, and we are picking up Emirat Hashem on Gimel Ahmed Beis. So we left off, we left off, um, I believe, Amalir Yishlakish Rabbi Yochanan, which was on 3B, 2, 4, 6, 8, 9 lines up in the bottom. Suppose they just reorient ourselves a little bit. It's amazing. Still same so It feels like we've been doing Yuma for a long time. But we haven't. It's only been two days. But interestingly enough, what's, what's been fascinating about the last two days is it's been the same discussion. So remember again, just to retrace our steps for a moment. So remember again, we have the Mishnah introducing us to the concept that the Kohen Gadol is sequestered seven days before Yom Kippur in order to properly learn the details of the Avodah. We then, the Gemara that introduced to us, by the way, this concept of sequestering is not unique to Yom Kippur, but you also find it by Para Aduma. Where do we learn the concept from? So the Gemara explains the, the, the source is the Miluim, inauguration of the Mishkan. Gohanim were sequestered for seven days, and ultimately again by Yom Hashmini on the eighth day is when they began is when they began their, their avod in the Beis HaMikdash. We, we then have been going through a series of machloksim in terms of what's the source for this, right? So some understanding that in the Pasuk of Miluim, it says, Lasos lechaper, Lasos is my separa, lechaper is my seyom kipper. We saw others who learned it out from Egzer Shavat, Siva, Siva, again, trying to figure out, and then we spent a significant amount of time trying to figure out why paraduma. Maybe it's other things that have a din of sequestering. So essentially what we've come out with is in order to be subject to the din of sequestering, to the din of hafrasha, you have to what? You have to effectively resemble miluim in all the significant ways. And if you don't go ahead and resemble miluim in all the significant ways, there is no din of hafrasha, no din of sequestering. We then, again, I both say, frame this in the machlokis, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, right? Rabbi Yochanan ultimately only learns out Yom Kippur from miluim, does not learn out paraduma, and Reish Lakish learns out both. So now the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Amri Rishlagish Rabbi Yochanan, Rishlagish said to Rabbi Yochanan, Mehecha Kayafis, 
from where do you learn out Yom Kippur? The dinner of Hafrasha by Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan says, Mimiluim, from Miluim. Okay. Ima Miluim Kalakasub and Ma'akiv Bohen. So if, if you're going to learn that from Miluim, so we know that by the Miluim and by the inauguration, anything written by the inauguration is Ma'akiv. In other words, say any part of the procedure that's written in the Torah, by definition, is an indispensable cog in the preparatory wheel. And if you leave it out, you undermine the Avoda. So we should say, so, so we should say the same thing by the preparation for Yom Kippur. Anything that's mentioned, ultimately, again, should be indispensable. Now, one second, the Gemara says, if that's the case, so maybe we'll say that's true. This is incredible. say This is fascinating. If you tell me that Hafrasha, that sequestering of the coin gods, or prior to Yom Kippur, is an indispensable part of the Avod of Yom Kippur, here's the problem. What did the Mishnah say? We appoint a backup. Right? We appoint a backup coin Gadol. We'll say, what doesn't the Mishnah say? Now, again, when you imagine that backup coin Gadol, what do you imagine? Where, where, where is he? Where is he? He's home. He's home. Now, he, he's on call. Chas Hashem, should something happen to the coin Gadol? He dies, he becomes tummy, he becomes disqualified, a mum. So he's on call. The Mishnah doesn't say that we sequester him also. So we'll say, let's play this out. Let's see something happens to the coin Gadol. And therefore, he can't do the Avodah. We're going to call up this guy, we're going to call up the backup coin Gadol. Great, he's ready for service. One problem, which is... He hasn't been sequestered. And now if you're telling me that Yom Kippur is like Miluim, and anything written by Miluim is Ma'akev, so to anything written by Yom Kippur is Ma'akev, if that's the case, then at the end of the day, how could the backup Kohen Gadol go ahead and function without having been sequestered? To which the Gemara says, Maybe you'll say when the Mishnah says we prepare him, Maybe that means also we sequester him. They can't do that. Listening, O maskinin, O If that's the case, then really you should use the same lotion. Then used by both Kohanim, maskinin or mafrishin. So the Gemara Bosei ends off with the, 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 the Reish Lakish ends off with that kasha. Amrle, Rabbi Yochanan says Reish Lakish. Amrle, Mar Mehecha Yolif, where do you learn out the obligation from? Amr Misinai. So both said, this is very interesting. Reish Lakish apparently, apparently learns out the Iker Din Hafrasha from Har Sinai. Listen to this. Dixiv, Vayishkon Kivod Hashem al Har Sinai, Vayichasea Anon Sheshes Yamim. The Pasik says, the honor, the, the, the glory of God rested on the mountain, covered it up for six days, and ultimately, again, Vayikra al Moshe Vayom Shvi. And then only, Hashem only called out to Moshe Rabbeinu on the seventh day. So it says that Hashem called out to Moshe on day number seven, my sheishes yamim. So what about the six days? What what are those? What are those? To which the Gemara says zeb bana av. So I'm about to say a binyan av is a paradigm. It creates a paradigm. Shakala nichnas Whenever you are entering into Machan Shechina, which means that whenever you are entering into the closest proximity to God. So for example, for example, you know, by Har Sinai, Machan Shechina was the mountain. Was the mountain, right? Ultimately, again, by the Mishkan, it'll be the Mishkan. By Yom Kippur, it's the Kodesh HaKadoshim. If you're going into Machan Shechina, Ta'on Prisha Shisha. You need seven days of sequestering and preparation. Okay, that's fine. There's only one problem. What does the Mishnah say? Vanan Shivatnan. <laughs> that's fine, but the Mishnah says seven days. We prefer seven days. Most is very interesting. Masnisin, Rabbi Hudaben Beserihi, Dechayish Tap of Dalit, Lutumas Beso. To which the Gemara says, you're right. It could very well be that Meikra Din on a Daraisa level, seven days of sequestered preparation are enough. 
I so where does the seventh day? The seventh day is an extra added chumrah based on the concern of Rabbi Huda ben Rabbi Huda ben Besira, who is choshish for what he calls Tumas Beso. Take a look at the top Rashi. Daladamadav Tumas Beso. Shema im Yizakik leishto betira dam b'shazbia benimtza tamei shivas yamim kemishpat boel nida v'lo yachol la'avol biyamikipan. Because Bosi, there's a concern that maybe right before the period of sequestering, a man, the coin god or whoever it is who's sequestering, will be with his wife. And let's say a woman becomes anida during during relations. So we'll say, remember again, Mida Oraisa, Tumas Nida is only seven days. Is only seven days. The fact that we have a much longer period for Nida of twelve days is is a result of the merging of the halachos of Nidos and Zava Gidola. Not our topic. But Nida, right, Nida Tumas Nida is seven days. So the concern is that maybe right before sequestering is going to be with his wife, and maybe again she's going to become a Nida, and therefore by definition if you're only observing six days, it's going to leave him short to be able to be tar for the avoda. Therefore, Rabbi Yudu ben says, even though the obligatory biblical sequestering might be six days, we add on the seventh day just to cover him in all scenarios. Incredible. Rabbi Yochanan says as follows. So Rabbi Yochanan says, my approach makes sense. I learned it out from Miluim, right? I learned out the concept of sequestering from Miluim. Just like by Miluim, Ultimately, again, there were seven days of sequestering, and then eighth day via avoda. So to Yom Kippur, seven days of sequestering, Yom Kippur avoda. Hainu disanya ze vaze mazin alav kol shiva mikol chato shahayusham. So we'll say because it says, it says that halacha lamaisa so both right, both during the Miluim as well as preparation for Yom Kippur. Interestingly enough, every day of that sequestering. They would sprinkle from the ashes of the para aduma onto the kohen gadol. So we'll say we made mention of this a little bit in Shkalim as well. If you take a look at Rashi, Mikol Chato Shahayusham, Rashi says Mikol Para Upara Hayunoslin Ketsas LeMishmeres Min HaEfer Bechel Kimosh Kachshanim Maseches Para VaNishamati Efer Para Shalmosh Lokala. So we'll say it's actually very interesting. Apparently in the Beis Hamikdash. They always used to have some of the ashes from the previous paros adumos, right? There was always there was always ashes from previous from previous red heifers, and Rashi points out one of the miracles that occurred in the mikdash is is incredible that the ashes of the para aduma of Moshe, the first para aduma. It's interesting that it calls it Moshe's para aduma because remember the Torah really phrases it as Elazar's para aduma. But okay, the first para aduma, Moshe's para aduma. The ashes never ran out. So what the Gemara is telling you over here is that all seven days of the purification process or of the sequestering process, they would sprinkle the Kohen Gadol with whatever ashes of the Paraduma were inside of the Beis HaMikdash. So the Gemara says, So Koshiv Because say, and Rabbi Yochan will say that makes sense because since sequestering, since sequestering was modeled after Miluim, on Miluim, on the, right in the seven days of preparation of the inauguration of the Mishkan, they also sprinkled the Kohanim every single day. So it makes sense why in preparation for Yom Kippur, you would follow that same procedure. But according to you, Reish Lakish, you learn out the concept of sequestering, not from Miluim, but you learn out the concept of sequestering from where? From Har Sinai. Was there any sprinkling done during the sequestering? At Har Sinai, Amr Lei Ulatamech. 
So ultimately, again, he's so Rabbi Yishlagish is back to Rabbi Yochanan. And according to you, Minecha, Pemiluim Dam, Hachamayim. Rishlagish says it's not a good comparison. It's true. They sprinkled the Kohen Gadol every day of the seven day sequestering before the inauguration of the Mishkan. What did they sprinkle him with? What did they sprinkle him with? Blood. Blood. Here, you're sprinkling with water. To which Rabbi Yochanan says, come on, that's not a kasha. Hello, kasha. The Tanya Bichia, Nichnas Mayim Tachas Dam. That's okay. In other words, that. We, we, we take the concept of sprinkling each and every day of the sequestering, and you're right, by the milum it was blood, by subsequent Yom Kippur's, ultimately again, it's water, but that, that's not a kasha. To which the Gemara says, El didach, hazah b'sinai, as the Gemara says, I'm sorry, Tanya b'chiyah, but according to Yurish Lakish, hazah b'sinai mihavi, was there, was there any sprinkling by Har Sinai? So again, it's a problem according to Rish Lakish, because if you're using, if you're using the sequestering of Har Sinai as the paradigm for sequestering, then ultimately again, it, why is it that we're sprinkling every day of the sequestering prior to Yom Kippur if that was not done by Sinai? To which Rish Lakish will respond very interesting. Amrale, Maila Ba'alma. Ultimately again, Rish Lakish says, you're right. The fact that they sprinkle on the coin Gadol, for the seven days before leading up to Yom Kippur, or for the days leading up to Paraduma, Rish Lakish will say that's just a Chumrah. It's just a Chumrah. So for Yom Kippur, it's a Chumrah to highlight the Kiddush of the day. Remember again, by Paraduma, we've already seen that we employ a number of Chumras. Why, why do we employ Chumras by Paraduma? Why? Why? Because Paraduma operates with an incredible Kula. Remember again, what's the Kula by Paraduma? Excellent, right? At the, at the end of the day, we're metamia coin to do the avoda as a tvul yom on yom kippur. So because of that, we constantly offset that kula with multiple other chumras. Rish Lakish will say, you're right, Harsinai might not have a sprinkling component during the period of sequestering, but that's fine, because the, the sprinkling component that's part of preparation for Yom Kippur, preparation of Paraduma, are chumras. Are chumras. Good. Tanya Kavasi did Rabbi Yochanan, Tanya Kavasi did Rish Lakish. Also, you have a bright side supports Rabbi Yochanan, and a bright side supports Rish Lakish. Here we go. Tanya Kavasi did Rabbi Yochanan, a bright side supports Rabbi Yochanan. Also, remember again, Rabbi Yochanan really only learns out Yom Kippur for for. The din of sequestering. So the Gemara says, Tanya Kavasi Rabbi Yochanan, Bizos Yava Arna Lakodesh. Ultimately, again, with this, so this is by the Avod of Yom Kippur, Bizos Yavo Arna Lakodesh, with this, Aaron will come into the Kodesh. So the Gemara says, What's the this? What's, what's Bizos with this? To which the Gemara says, Bemasha Amar Be'inyon. With that, which was stated in another context. So we'll say, I should say a different thing. The Machlokis of Yochanan Shlakish, leaving aside, what the Machlokis of Yochanan Shlakish is, where do you learn out the din of sequestering from? Rabbi Yochanan is going to say, you learn it out from Miluim. Reish Shlakish is going to say, you learn it out from Harsinai. That's the fundamental machlokis over here. So we'll say, now we're going to develop both these sheets a little bit more. So, Rabbi, so, Rabbi, so again, Rabbi Yochanan first. Rabbi Yochanan learning out from Miluim. Bezos yava aron ala kodesh. What's the bezos? Bemash amar be'inyon. Mahi be'inyon demiluim. So we'll say, this is fascinating. Rabbi Yochanan says, bezos yava aron. With this, Aaron will come into the kodesh on Yom Kippur. What's the this? The this is the process employed by the miluim. How does Aaron come into the Kodesh on Yom Kippur? Bizos, armed with the same process of the Miluim. Just like the Miluim required seven days of preparation for one day avoda, so to Yom Kippur requires seven days of preparation for one day of avoda. Uma Amar Be'inyan de Miluim. 
And ultimately, again, what does that mean? What was the process of Miluim? Bryce spells it out. Aaron Pirish Shiva Vishime Shomechad. Aaron went ahead and sequestered for seven days and then served on the eighth. Umosha Masrlo Kol Shiva. Kedei Lechancho Ba'avoda. And Moshe will say what happened during those seven days of Aaron sequestering prior to prior to the, the Miluim, prior to the inauguration. Moshe Vino Torah Malda Halochas. We'll say, remember again, seven days of schizing doesn't mean Aaron was all by himself, but it means that he was being taught by Moshe Rabbi, he was being taught by his brothers, all of the necessary components by the Avodah. The Aflodoros, and I both say the same applies ultimately for future generations. Kohen Gadol Pori Shiva, the Kohen Gadol is sequestered after Rosh Hashanah. He's sequestered for seven days leading up to Yom Kippur, and then he does the Avodah of Yom Kippur. We'll see this in more depth later on. And we'll say, two Tamidi Chachamim, students of Moshe. And we'll say, what a beautiful way to refer to a Talmud Chacham. Right? We'll say, any Talmud Chacham, and, and by extension, any person who learns Torah is a Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? It's always important in life. We all try to find a, a good, a good Rebbe to role model for us, not just learning, but life. So yet, we're all Talmudim of Moshe Rabbeinu. I learned Moshe's Torah, I'm Moshe Rabbeinu's Talmud. La Fuket Stukin, this is to exclude Stukin. You have to be very careful, because always remember again, as we're going to see, that Stukim had some very different versions of the Avoda of Yom Kippur. So what would the Kohen Gadol do during his sequestering? Prior to Yom Kippur, students of Moshe Rabbeinu would give him over the Avoda. Ultimately, again, they go over the Alochas with him in order that he is ready to do the Avoda on Yom Kippur. Mikan Amru, from here we learned, from here again, I'll both say this is the Mishnah. We separate out, we sequester the Kohen Gadol for seven days prior to Yom Kippur, and we put him in the Parshedron chamber. And the same way that we sequester the Kohen Gadol prior to the Evolda on Yom Kippur, we also sequester the Kohen Gadol, or the Kohen, I should say, it's not the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen prior to the offering or burning of the para aduma. Lalishka sha'al pene habira safona mizracha. To another chamber, remember again what we call lishkas ha'even, the stone chamber, which is in the northeast corner of the base hamikdash. Ve'echad zeh, ve'echad zeh, and both the coin sequestered for Yom Kippur and the coin sequestered for para aduma. Mazin alov kol shiva mikol chato shahayusham. We sprinkle upon them the ashes of the para aduma, all of the previous paros, each and every day. So we'll say, this, this, the Bryce is not finished. So we'll say, but again, I just want to point out, this is the Bryce which supports Rabbi Yochanan. And according to Rabbi Yochanan, everything is learned out from Miluim. Then we'll say, interestingly enough, how do you know that what applied to Miluim applies to Yom Kippur? This is incredible. Bizos Yavo Arnala Kodesh. Yom Kippur, it says, with this, Arnala will come into the Kodesh. What's the this? What's the this? So the Gemara says, the this is the Avoda of Yom Kippur. The, I'm sorry, the Avoda of the, the process of the Miluim, this question of the Miluim. Be'im Tomar, Be'miluim Dam Hochamayim, maybe you'll say one, one second, Yom Kippur, there was sequestering for the Miluim, and the sequestering for Yom Kippur are not the same. Sequestering for Miluim, they sprinkled blood, sacrificial blood upon the coin each and every day. But yet ultimately, again, by sequestering by Yom Kippur, it's Mayim, it's water paraduma. That's not a problem. So water came and replaced dam. I in the Pasik says, 
as you have done on this day, Rebbe said, this is the Pasuk, by Miluim, as you have done on this day, so Hashem has commanded you, lechaper aleichem lasos, to, excuse me, lasos lechaper aleichem, to perform and to atone for you. The Brayse says, lasos elumai separo. Lasos refers to paraduma, teach you that the din of sequestering applies to paraduma, lechaper elumai kippur, and to atone, this refers to Yom Kippur. So both say, this is the Brayse which supports Rabbi Yochanan, essentially learning out the concept of, not essentially, but learning out the concept of sequestering from the din of Miluim. To which the Gemara says, one second. Remember, we'll say, how does the Brisa start? It starts actually with a very beautiful drush of Bizos Yavo Arunava Kodesh. With this, Aaron will come into the Kodesh on Yom Kippur. And the Gemara says, what's Bizos with what? With what? So the Gemara posits, armed with the process of Miluim. The same preparatory process of Miluim, which required sequestering and sprinkling and, and learning for seven days. That's the same process that the Kohen Gadol uses to prepare for Yom Kippur. To which the Gemara says, but one second, the high bezos mi But one second, I need that phrase, bezos yavo rose. It's a Pashib shot. What does it mean, bezos yavo arnala kodesh? The bezos refers to the karbonos that the Pasuk enumerates. Bepar ben bakar lechatos ve'ayola We'll say, so what are you going ahead and dashing? Bezos with this, Aaron with this, means armed with the process of the Milom. What are you talking about? The Pasuk has a Pasuk shot. Bezos means Aaron comes into the Kodesh armed with the Karbonos of the day. Par ben Bakar for Chatos, Ayoliola. Omri, Sor Yochanan will respond, Ila Karban if the Pasuk was just referring to coming in with the Karbanos, the Pasuk could have used a shortened form of the word. It could have said, Bezeh, with this. Or, Be'ila, with these. My Bezos, you're both saying, whenever the Torah uses a longer form of a word than what was necessary, it's coming to teach us something. So it could have said, Bezeh, or it could have said, Be'ila, if it was just referring to the Karbanos mentioned in the Pasuk. The fact that it uses a longer form of the word bezos indicates to me that it's coming to teach me something additional. Shamas mina tarti. I can learn two things from the word bezos. Bezos teaches me that yes, number one, when the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh, he must bring with him his karbanos, the par ben bakar fechatos, and the ayel ola. But it also teaches me that he only enters into the Kodesh if he was properly prepared and armed with a preparatory process. What preparatory process is that? The sequestering, learning process, sprinkling process that we learn out from the Mibud. Incredible, incredible. My Va'omer, what does it mean Va'omer? Why do you need that part of the, in, in the past, in the, in the Brisa? Because we'll say, maybe we would have thought like this. Maybe in there's a din of sequestering prior to Yom Kippur, but maybe it's only the first Yom Kippur. Just like Rebbe say, Miluim happened once, there's one inauguration. So maybe, so maybe by Yom Kippur, there is a din of sequestering, but only by the first Yom Kippur. To which the Gemara says, or maybe, maybe it's only the first coin gadol who required sequestering, but not future kohanim gidolim. So in other words, if you want to be true to the comparison, miluim happened once, and therefore maybe only you have to do the sequestering for the first coin gadol, for Yom Kippur, or for the first Yom Kippur, to which the Gemara says, Tashma kasher asa. Therefore, I will say the Pasuk says, Kasher Asa is what was done. Ultimately, again, Kasher Asa b'yom azeh, Siva Hashem lasos lechaper aleichem. Therefore, I will say the Pasuk, the Gemara understands that that Pasuk of Kasher Asa 
is a future obligation. To tell you that which happened over here by the Miluim is a process which must be replicated year in and year out. When? By Yom Kippur, by the Kohen Gadol. So we'll say that is the price that supports Rabbi Yochanan effectively learning out the din. Learning out the din of, of sequestering of Hafrasha from Miluim. Tanya Kavase did Rish We'll say a price that supports Rish This is incredible. We'll say this is beautiful and, and what an incredible preparation ultimately for Shavuos as well. So the Gemara says as follows, Moshe Allah Ba'anan, Vinis Kaseh Ba'anan, Vinis Kadesh Ba'anan. Moshe Rabbeinu entered into the cloud. Remember again, by Harsina, the Torah tells us that the presence of the Ribbono Shal Olam descended on the mountain in the form of a cloud. We'll say, Rabbi Soloveitchik points out that you find this a couple of times throughout Chumash, that the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah comes, the Shekhinah presents itself in the form of a cloud. The first time we see this, is the Medrash, the Medrash relates that when Armavino was on the way to the Akedah, so the Pasik says, and the Medrash points out, there was, a, there was a cloud attached to the mountain. The Medrash points out that Armavino was walking. He says to Yishmael, do you see that? And Yishmael says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says to Yitzchak, do you see that? And Yitzchak said, yes, father, I see a large cloud attached to the top of the mountain. Yishmael didn't see the Shekhinah, Yitzchak Avinu did see the Shekhinah. Why does the Shekhinah present itself as a cloud? Because also clouds are very interesting, which is when you look at them, when you look at them, so they look, they look tangible, they look solid, but yet again, you know, we say that anytime you fly, you see it just cut right through the clouds, and sometimes they're here, and sometimes they're there, sometimes they look whole, sometimes they dissipate. An incredible metaphor for the Shekhinah, I perceive the Ribbon Shalom, and I know with all of my heart about his presence, and I know that he's here with me, yet there are so many parts of him that are ambiguous, that are unidentifiable, that are ununderstandable, much like the clouds. So the Gemara goes right to the Gemara says, according to Yishlakish, Moshe went into the cloud, he was enveloped by the cloud, and he was sanctified in the cloud. In order to say this is incredible, see what the Gemara is saying over here is that Moshe Rabbeinu's entry into the cloud has like a cleansing-like experience for Moshe Rabbeinu as well. The Pasuk says that the covet, the glory of Hashem, or the honor of Hashem rests on Har Sinai. So it's very interesting. So we're going to see a little bit of a machlokis on the timeline of Matan Torah. So Rabbi holds that the presence of the Ribbon Shalom descending on the mountain occurred after Aseris Adibros. First, there's the giving of the Ten Commandments. Then there's the descent of the Ribbon Shalom onto the mountain, the cloud covering the mountain, and then Moshe Rabbeinu entering into the cloud. And this was the beginning of the 40 days. We'll discuss how you, we'll discuss how you count the days in just a moment. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, no. Vayishkon kvot Hashem merosh chodesh. In Rabbi Akiva holds, no. The first thing that happened is the cloud descended on the mountain. And when did that occur? When did that occur? Rosh chodesh sivan. That's the first thing. Cloud Yisrael comes to Midbar Sinai and Rosh chodesh. And the first thing that happens is the cloud descends upon the mountain. Ahmed Beis, and this is what I'll say, all before Aser Sadibros. Ahmed Beis, Vayichaseo Anon Lahar, Vayikra Al Moshe, the cloud covered the mountain. Hashem called out to Moshe, the Cholisra Omdin, and all of Kaladi saw was standing there. 
And understand, the Pasuk is only coming, ultimately, again, to give cover to Moshe. What does that mean? That although Moshe Rabbeinu was standing with all of Klavis, because remember, again, in Rabbi Yossi Haglili's model, I'm sorry, Rabbi Akiva's model, Rabbi Akiva's model, Klavis comes to Midbar Sinai, ultimately, again, on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. The cloud comes down and covers the mountain on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Moshe Rabbeinu is standing there with Klav Yisrael, yet interestingly enough, the Pasuk says that Hashem called out to Moshe. Why does it say Hashem called out to Moshe? Moshe Rabbeinu is standing with all of Klav Yisrael to give cover to Moshe Rabbeinu. That although Moshe is standing there with all of Klav Yisrael, Hashem is dafka calling Moshe. Rabbi Nassim Omer, this is incredible. This is incredible. If you take a look, if you take a look at Rashi, Lamarik Achiloshtia, Rabbi Nasan Savalak Rabbiosi Agalidi. So we'll say, we're jumping back and forth a little bit. Remember again, Rabbi Nasan Savalak Rabbiosi Agalidi. What Rabbiosi Agalidi say? Rabbiosi Agalidi felt that Halacha Lamaisa, that Halacha Lamaisa, first there was the Asaras Hadibros, right? First was Asaras Hadibros, then the cloud came down. So according to Rabbiosi so that, that, that's Rabbiosi Agalidi, right? Just to understand the Machlokis here. Rabbiosi Agalidi says, First Asaras Adebros, then cloud, then cloud, and that was the beginning of the 40 days of Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, we'll see about the 40 days in just a moment. Rabbi Akiva, no, no, no. First came the cloud. The cloud already came Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Sivan. The cloud was there already before Asaras Adebros. Comes along, comes along Rabbi Nassan. Rabbi Nassan in principle agrees with Rabbi Yossi that the cloud came after the Asaras Adebros. And what was the role of the cloud after Asaras Adebros? It was to prepare Moshe Rabbeinu for the 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain. How was Moshe Rabbeinu prepared? His body was purged of food and drink. Remember again, we know that when Moshe Rabbeinu was on the mountain, Moshe Rabbeinu himself says, Lecham lo achalti, mayim lo shasisi. I didn't eat, I didn't drink. Rabbi Nassim is coming along and saying, and by the way, in preparation for that, that angelic experience, Moshe Rabbeinu's body was purged of food and drink, so that he should be like the Malachi Asharis. So we'll, say, we'll get to that in just a bit. Rabbi Nassim says that this, this sequestering of Moshe was unique for this experience. Because Hashem needed Moshe Rabbeinu to be more angel than man. For Kabbalah, Satran, and Harsinai. And amazingly enough, the cloud purged him of food and drink. We'll say this is what we said before, that the cloud itself cleansed the Moshe Rabbeinu. According to Rabbi Nassim, it cleansed him in a very physical sense, cleansing him of food and drink. Rabbi Nassim ben Charash Omer, Lo ba'akosav ela la'ayim alav, the truth is, Ramasya ben Kharaj says that the cloud only came to instill fear in Moshe Rabbeinu. To instill fear. It was to prepare Moshe Rabbeinu for the experience of Kabbalah Satora and instill within him a certain level of fear. Serve Hashem with, with fear. Vigilu and rejoice with trepidation. My vigilu berad. What does that mean? Rejoice with trepidation. Amrav adbar masna. Amrav b'makom gila sham tehira adar. I will say wherever there is rejoicing, there has to be some element of trepidation, which again is in general. This this is a much bigger discussion about the concept that joy 
must always be tempered, right? Because unchecked joy, unchecked simcha becomes hololos, becomes frivolity. This is incredibly important. That's why whenever we have simcha, there's always a check on that simcha. Right? I'll say, think about this in just a moment, right? This is why one of the reasons we break a glass under the chuppah by a chasna is in order to go ahead and check the simcha. I'll say, even Purim, which is an incredible day of simcha, what's the check on the simcha of Purim? Right? I was gonna, I was gonna say Myra, right? Myra, but again, same idea, cause, cause Mincha you could daven beforehand, right? But again, Myra, I'll say in all seriousness, Myra is the great check on Purim. Because there's no pitur from Mairev on Purim. So this idea, it's incredible idea. See, even Purim, which is a day of exaggerated simcha, there's always a check, right? There's always something there that keeps everything in order. So the Gemara says, that's, that's, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, the cloud was there ultimately, again, to instill within him a certain feeling of reverence and fear. So Mimai, so, so I'm sorry, the Gemara says, So what are they arguing about? What are they arguing about? Well, says, listen to this. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva. What are they arguing about? Well, says, they're arguing about the timeline of Matan Torah. This is incredible. In reality, the Machlokis Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi about when the cloud came is really a fundamental Machlokis about the timeline of Kabbalah's HaTorah. What's the Machlokis here? Rabbi this is incredible. The Sanyo. So Rabbi says, the Bryce says, first wide line, Daladam Days. The Gemara says, on the 6th of Sivan, the Torah was given. Vav Sivan. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, no, Beshivabo. No, Torah wasn't given on the 6th of Sivan. Torah was given on the 7th of Sivan. Man, Omer, Beshisha, Beshisha, Nitna, Beshiva, Allah. Shabbat says, we're going to see, everyone agrees that Moshe Rabbeinu goes up the mountain on the 7th of Sivan. Everyone agrees with that. So the first opinion will say, Torah was given on the 6th of Sivan. And Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on the seventh. The one who says Torah was given on the seventh of Sivan, Beshiva Nitna U Beshiva Allah. That ultimately Torah was given on the seventh, and Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on the seventh. So again, everyone agrees Moshe Rabbeinu ascended the mountain on the seventh of Nisan. The Shaila is when was Kabbalah Satora? Was it on the sixth? Was it on Machlokes? Moshe Rabbi Yosei Eli holds it the Tanakama, and the Torah was given on the sixth, and Moshe Rabbeinu ascended on the seventh. Rabbi Yosei holds Torah was given on the sixth of Sivan. Therefore, Hilchach Zehaya Maisa Acher Aseras Adibros. Therefore, Rabbi Yosei holds that the coming down of the cloud occurred after the Aseras Adibros. So the Aseras Adibros are given on the sixth of Sivan, and then after that, the cloud comes down. Ultimately, again, then Hashem calls out to Moshe on the seventh day. Now, Moshe, just to understand the timeline over here. So, according to Rabbi here's what happens. Torah is given on the sixth. The, the, the cloud comes down on the seventh. And the cloud envelops Moshe Rabbeinu for six days until Hashem calls him on the seventh, which becomes the 13th of Nisan. Sorry, of Sivan, I'm sorry. So, what happens? Because if you hold that the cloud came down on Rosh Chodesh Sivan, so if you're going to tell me that Hashem called out to Moshe on the seventh day to receive the Aseris Adibros, he already received the Aseris Adibros on the sixth of Sivan. And the cloud would have been gone by the sixth day. If you're starting the timeline too early for such Rosh Chodesh. Rabbi Akiva, so we'll say that's Rabbi Yossi. 
That's Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Rabbi Akiva is Rabbi Yossi. So I'm going to say it's a little bit confusing, right? Rabbi Yossi Aglili agrees with the Tanakama that again the timeline is Torah given on 6th, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on the 7th, and the Anan comes after, the Anan comes after Aser Sadibros. Rabbi Akiva Sarlak Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Akiva holds like Rabbi Yossi, the Amar, Beshiva Bechodesh Nitna Torah the Yisrael. Rabbi Akiva holds that Halacha Lama Torah was given on the 6th, when we say Torah, Aser Sadibros was given on the 6th, and ultimately again Moshe, I'm sorry, on the 7th, and Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on the 7th. So Bisham with Rabbi Akiva, and Abbas, remember again, according to Rabbi Akiva, when was the cloud, when did the cloud cover the mountain? Rosh Chodesh Sivan already. Right? Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Bisham with Rabbi Akiva, Haino de Mishkachas Law, Bishivasar Betamas Nishtabra Lucho. So Abbas, according to Rabbi Akiva, let's work backwards, Abbas, because presumably everyone agrees on one fact, which is Moshe Avinu comes down when? On Shivasar Betamas. Remember again, he comes down, things don't go very well. He smashes the Luchos as a result of. The Chita Egal, the son of the golden calf. So remember, let's back into the timeline. So according to Rabbi Akiva, according to Rabbi Akiva, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu comes down on the 17th of Tammuz makes sense. Nishtab Raluchos is the why. Esen Va'arban de Sivan, because ultimately, again, you have 20, 24 days of Sivan, right after when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up. Vishisar de Tammuz, and 16 days of Tammuz. Malaluhu Arban Yomen, that's 40 days. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu comes down on the 17th of Tammuz, to the Gemara says, Maluhu Arban Yomen, Dahava Bahar, O Beshiv Sarbet Tammuz, Nachas, Nachas, and 17th of Tammuz, he comes down, Va'asa V'tavrinhu Leluchos, and he comes down and he breaks the Luchos on the 17th of Tammuz. Ela, Rabbi Yossi, Lili Da'amar, Shisha Deprisha, Va'arba'in Dahar, Ad'esrin Utlas Betamas. Rabbi Yossi, according to Rabbi Yossi, Lili, remember again, Moshe Rabbeinu is effectively not really going up until the 13th of Sivan. If that's the case, then Lamaisa, according to that, according to that time frame, Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't be descending the mountain until the 23rd of Tammuz. And therefore, again, Shviras Haluchos, the breaking of the Luchos, wouldn't be on the 17th of Tammuz, but instead it would be on the 23rd of Tammuz. So this is very interesting. See, according to Rabbi Akiva, there's the seven days of sequestering preparation and then the ascension to the mountain. According to Rabbi Yossi Haglili, he will say that the six days of preparation were part of the 40. We're part of the 40. Therefore, he'll agree, everyone agrees that Moshe Vedo comes down on the 17th of Tammuz. Amar Mar, Vaikra Moshe, Moshe Vachal Yisrael Omnis. So that, that, that's the Machlokes regarding Kabbalah Satora. About ultimately, again, was Torah given on the 6th, Moshe Vino goes up on the 7th? Or ultimately, again, does he, do they get the Torah on the 7th and he goes up on the 7th? So everyone's agreeing that he goes up on the 7th. The further Machlokes Rabosai is, how does sequestering fit into all of this? Was sequestering beforehand? Was sequestering afterwards? When does the mountain, when does the cloud come down on the mountain? Is that on? Is that on? Is that on Rosh Chodesh? Or ultimately, again, is it immediately after Aserah Sadebros? These are all of the machloksim, ultimately, again, that are occurring. We'll see, I'll just point out very quickly something amazing. It's always bothered me. Because remember, the primary sugi here is Masech Shabbos. The Gemara is quoting it here from Shabbos. We'll say, what's so dramatic about this Gemara? You know, there could be machlokis about a lot of things. If you would assume the one thing there is no machlokis about, it would be what? It would be what? Kabbalah Satorah. But the Kabbalah Satora is the most important event, not only in our history, but in the history of mankind. Remember again, Rashi in the beginning of Bereshis says, 
the only reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu went ahead and gave and created the world was why? Was why? For Kabbalah's Torah, Vayera Vayvoker Yom Hashishi. Why Hashishi? Rashi says because the sixth day, the sixth of Sivan, was going to be the day when Kabbalah's Torah Torah that made creation worthwhile. How could there be date ambiguity? How could there be any level of ambiguity around the same say, right? It's amazing. We know when Moshe Rabbeinu died. We know when Rachel Emenu's yard site is. We know when, we know when we left this side. We, we know everything. We know everything. Hey, how could there be machlokis about Kabbalah Satora? So Vosa, I think it's by design. There's a beautiful, beautiful piece by the Piyajatzna. Hashem Yikom Damo. In the Yish Kodesh. The Yish Kodesh says in the year Tavshin, 1939, in Parshas Yisro. So very quickly, Vosa, I'm not going to tell you the whole vart, although it's, it's really incredible. So the Piyajatzna says as follows. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Hashem You have to love Hashem with all of your heart. All of your heart. So Rashi HaKadosh says, Your heart should not be divided against the Ribbono Sholom. Which again, Pashib Shat means what? You have to love Hashem when times are good, and you have to love Hashem when times are difficult. You have to love the Ribbono Sholom. We can't be a fair weather friend to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have to say, Hashem Lekecha, B'chalabavchu, with all of your heart, don't let your heart be divided against Hashem Baruch Hu. And the Piazetna says something absolutely amazing. He quotes his grandfather. He says something absolutely amazing. He says, means, do not let your heart be tethered geographically to one particular place. Meaning what? It's, it's, a, it's an incredible, it's an incredible, don't let your heart be divided on the makam, on the place. What does this mean? The Piazetna says that sometimes people think they could only be inspired and only be spiritual and only be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu if you're in one particular place. If, if I was here, if I was here, right? If, if, if I, and again, I will say, we think about this all the time. If I was in Eretz Yisrael, if I was here, does Eretz Yisrael have a Kiddusha? It's a good day, good day to speak about this, of course. Mm-hmm. And could the Kiddusha of Eretz Yisrael be replicated anywhere else? Absolutely, unequivocally not. But does that mean that the only place to have a meaningful relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in Eretz Yisrael or, or is in a particular community in a particular place? No. No, no, no. The Ribbon Hashem is accessible to us anywhere and everywhere we are. This says the Piyajetzna is the meaning of Let your heart not be fooled into thinking that spirituality is only accessible in a particular geographic location. Wherever we are, that's where the relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is as well. See, I will say, so this day, and by the way, I just want to point out the Piazetsna was saying this in 1939 in the Warsaw Ghetto. In the Warsaw Ghetto. So, you understand what he's saying to that congregation of the broken heart? He's giving this trust on Shabbos. You understand what he's saying? What he's saying is at the end of the day, we are in Gehenna. We are in Gehenna. But you know what? The Rebbe Shalom is in Gehenna also. Wherever the Jew is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here. Don't think that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not with us here. Don't think that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not accessible here. Wherever we are, wherever we are, wherever the Jew is, that's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is as well. Never tether spirituality to one particular address or geography. Wherever the Jew is, that's where the Ribbon Shalom is as well. So perhaps that's the Pshat. See, I both said, there's the date ambiguity surrounding Kabbalah Satoras by design. 
Because what would happen if you knew the exact date of Kabbalah Satorah? What would be the propensity to say, ah, this is the day for Kabbalah Satorah. This is the day. And what would happen is we would go ahead and assign undue importance of Torah to one particular day. So what does the Kaddish Baruch Hu do? There's date ambiguity. There's date ambiguity. And what's the message? The message is about saying, every day is Kabbalah Satorah. Every day. I, I, which day was the Torah received? Not sure. It might have been Vav. It might have been Zion. When did the cloud come down? Not sure. Rosh Chodesh, Zion. When, when did Moshe Rabbeinu go up to the mountain? Not exactly. Well, that was sure. Zion. Right? But I will say, but there is inherent date ambiguity by every part of Kabbalah Satorah. Do not, do not assign Torah importance to one day. Every day is Kabbalah Satorah. Every day is the opportunity to re-receive from Har Sinai. Every day is the opportunity to go ahead and receive our beautiful Masorah to be Tamidim of Moshe Rabbeinu. Just like spirituality is not tethered to geography, spirituality is also not tethered to the calendar. It's also not tethered to any one particular day. Every day is the opportunity for Kabbalah. So incredible. So let's go a little bit weiter. Says the Gemara, Amr Mar, Ba'ikra Moshe, Moshe v'chal Yisrael, Omdin, so we'll say, remember again, even though the Pasuk says that Hashem spoke to Moshe, called out to Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu was standing by Har Sinai with all of Klal Yisrael. Mesei Rabbi Lazar, Amr Lazar, Ba'ikra Moshe, Moshe v'chal Yisrael, Omdin, v'lo ba'akasaf elalach lo klo kavad l'moshe. And I will say, I, so why does the Torah seem to indicate that Hashem is singling out Moshe? It was a covet to Moshe Rabbeinu. What was the covet? Even though Moshe is standing with all of Klal Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Dafka speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Gemara goes like, Meisvei, kol lo, kol ilav, Moshe shama, v'chol Yisrael lo shamu. So we'll say, I, when the Pasuk says, kol lo and kol ilav. So we'll say, if you take a look at Rashi very quickly, it's almost right across. Rashi says, kol lo, kol ilav, v'yishma sakom adabra ilav. Moshe Rabbeinu heard the voice speaking to him. So lo haya yachalom, lo haya, lo haya. Yachalom ar v'kasav medabra ilav. Lamdecha she'ilav levado haya nimshach ha'kaba o'emoyim. V'shukam mishkan. V'nadabra ilav ma'al paroches lo haya kol nishma li Yisrael. I'm just reading Rashi quickly. The high crow of the v'yishma sakob o'emoyim k'siv. Reishi the crow of b'bamo shalomoyim. So we'll say, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, so it says, Moshe Shama v'chal Yisrael lo Shama lo Kasha ha b'sinai ha ba'ohel moed. So we'll say, interestingly enough, at Har Sinai, at Har Sinai, there was a voice of the Rebbe Shalom that everyone heard. Right by the by, the first two dibros, everyone heard the Rebbe Shalom. It was only from the time that the Mishkan was put up and on that whenever Hakadosh Baruch Hu would speak, only Moshe would hear it. No one else would hear it. Be by Sema. Other possibilities, lo kasha, habikriya, habedibor. Or we'll say another possibility is there are different ways of calling out. There's kriya and there's dibor, right? Kriya, as we're going to see, is a more generic calling out versus dibor, which is a bit more of a personalized calling out. Rabbi Zreka, Rami Kra, Kameid Rabbi Lazar, Amrile Amr Zreka, Amr Rabbi Lazar, Rami Ksiv, Velo Yacha Moshe, Lavo Al Oal Moed, Kishachan Alav Ha'anan. We'll say one Pasik says, that Moshe Rabbeinu could not come into the Mishkan because the cloud representing the presence of the Ribbon Shalom descended upon the Almighty the Mishkan. Uksiv, Vayava Moshe Besoch Anan. And yet another Pasik says that Moshe Rabbeinu entered into the mountain. Melamed Shetavsa Kadesh Baruch Hu Moshe Be'eviu Ba'anan. We both say this is beautiful. In reality, Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to access the Almighty because the presence of Hashem was there. 
I, but there was a cloud on Harsinai, and yet Moshe Rabbeinu was able to get in there. How did the Hebrews listen to this imagery? Because what happened on Harsinai? How did Moshe enter the cloud of Harsinai? If he was unable to enter into the Oamoid when the cloud was situated on top of it, because Kivyachal the Ribbon grabbed him and pulled him in. Isn't that beautiful? Did I say in Achinami where there is an intense manifestation of divine presence? It could be that human entry is forbidden. But what happened by Har Sinai is that the Ribbon Shalom Bichvoldo Ba'atzmo reached out and pulled Moshe Rabbeinu, inviting him, Moshe Rabbeinu, to join him in the inner Mechitza of Har Sinai. Did I say, well, just the Bereb Shalom very quickly. Bereb Shalom Tanar Nemar Kan Besoch Venemar Lalan Besoch Vayavov Bnei Yisrael Besoch Hayom Malahalan Shviel Dechsev Amaylem Choma Av Kan Shviel. So I said the Gemara then makes then goes and equates. Matan Torah with Kriyas Yamsov. It says Toch, right? It says Soch by both of them inside. So just by Kriyas Yamsov, just like by Kriyas Yamsov, ultimately the sea split and there was a path that was made through the sea for Klal Yisrael, so too by Matan Torah. The Rebosha made a Shvil. He made a pathway through the cloud and invited Moshe Rabbeinu to join him for this incredible moment of spiritual intimacy. We're not finished with Kabbalah Satora. Emirat Hashem, more to come tomorrow. Shkoyach.